Pension schemes are playing an increasingly important role in helping society move towards a more sustainable economy. While much has been made of schemes involved in areas like green infrastructure, pension schemes may now also generate returns while helping us to reduce our food and our plastic waste. My name is Alex Janiot, and to discuss the concepts of natural capital and more, I'm joined by Alina Donetz, Portfolio Manager at Lombard Erdier, and Sheila O'Brien, a partner at law firm Sackers. Alina, perhaps you could start by explaining to us, what is natural capital? Of course. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's um, always a pleasure to have these discussions together. For natural capital, um, it is a very important concept. It is uh, Natural capital is an aggregation of all physical assets and living organisms that constitute nature. It provides us with inputs um, such as materials like materials, minerals and wood, Um, It is also constituted in water and soil and plants with their biological diversity. But natural capital also includes services. So, for example, bees pollinating the agricultural feeds. Just as financial or human capital, it is an essential component of our economy. It is responsible for over half of our global GDP. And yet natural capital is also a resource that is often mismanaged due to incorrect integration of its value in the economic activity. And Alina, how can pension schemes or institutional investors get exposure to natural capital and perhaps why should they? There are two main reasons for incorporating natural capital positive investments. Uh, First is a big financial gap that needs to be filled um, that is needed to support the protection of natural capital. And so from a moral perspective, pension funds, having large asset bases can help bridge that gap. And, And so it is important from the contribution to environmental sustainability. But secondly, and also very importantly, this capital allocation can help improve the financial returns. Uh, There is no doubt these days that we need to transition our economy, not only toward net zero, but also nature positive. And this transition will require innovation. It will displace the old economic models with the new nature positive ones. And so we actually believe that investing in those nature positive businesses can create a very attractive investment opportunity and help to generate excess financial returns. Now, how it can be done, there are several different ways. There is, of course, direct investment in real assets. But in our mind, this is more of treating of the symptoms um, since we're not really changing the system that causes the issues or, or the externalities. And then there are things like equity investments and equity investment in the companies that deliver solutions can really help address the source of the issue. It can be done through private assets that are perhaps less liquid and and carry a little bit higher risk, or it can be done through publicly listed equity, which is obviously more liquid and and has a larger scale or a larger touch point. I think that both should take place, and uh, this would allow to maximize really the positive um, outcomes of the capital allocation. And uh, the pension funds can, of course, make their own decisions on on which asset classes they want to introduce. But I think that there is, again, a complementary approach where pension funds can assess both the private and public equity and perhaps debt investments um, and really allocate the capital towards the solution providers. Stuart, what's your assessment of the regulatory framework concerning pension schemes and investments in these areas? And could it be improved? 
The first thing to say when we're talking about the kind of regulatory environment is you, you have to distinguish between statute-based law and sort of general trust law principles. By that, I mean things that derive from dusty old pension law cases and trust law cases going back hundreds of years. But in terms of the sort of regulations, the statute-based law, that sort of acts of parliament and regulations, these tend to date uh, to be limited to disclosure requirements. They don't really tell trustees how to invest, what they can or can't invest in. So back in 2019, we had changes to the investment regs, which required trustees to state their policies on ESG matters in their scheme statements of investment principles. And more recently, we've had climate change governance and reporting regs requiring trustees of schemes in scope to consider climate related risks and opportunities and carry out certain sort of governance activities like measuring climate related metrics and carrying out scenario analysis. But again, none of that tells trustees or pushes trustees to invest in a particular way. At best, it tells you certain things that you have to think about and then lots of things that you have to disclose at the end of it. It doesn't really tell you what you have to do. So for that, you have to go back and look at these sort of broader concepts of trust law principles and dreaded word fiduciary duties. Now, everyone ties themselves in knots with fiduciary duties. At one end of the spectrum, you've got some people that will tell you that trustees can only fixate on maximising returns, should ignore everything else. And then at the other end, I think well-meaning, some well-meaning individuals might say that trustees owe a wider fiduciary duty to the planet, but neither of these are particularly correct or, or helpful. And I will always say that the trustees have to take a step back and when considering anything to do with ESG or, or even sort of look at natural capital opportunities or, or risks, trustees have to think about three things. They have to exercise their powers for their proper purposes. That means am I doing this? Am I making this investment decision for the purpose of improving the chances of paying my members' pensions? The second part of the fiduciary duty background is you have to think about factors that are relevant and put to one side anything that's irrelevant. So anything that is a relevant factor when investing for the purpose of paying someone's pension is something you should be thinking about. And now I think that's a very good argument for trustees thinking about ESG and Selena said that natural capital concerns. This goes beyond just looking at a kind of narrow risk return considerations, but just looking at anything else that might be relevant, sort of longer systemic risks, etc. And the third limb, which again sort of tend to forget about when talking about fiduciary duties is there is, there is this overriding requirement for trustees to act in accordance with a, what's something known as a prudent person principle. So trustees are supposed to be prudent and defensive in their investment approaches. And I think thinking about natural capital uh, related risks, ESG related risks is all part and parcel of that. As I say, nothing in the regulations that will help you one way or another here, but some of those broader principles, I think, can be brought to bear. Now, you asked whether the regulatory framework could be improved. I think that's a difficult one to answer. And I probably change my mind daily on that. On the one hand, I don't think more regulations are necessarily the answer. And I think you have to be a bit careful about meddling with these sort of hundreds of year old principles that, that I've just outlined in terms of fiduciary duties. Um, just sort of slapping a bit of regulation on the top of that is, isn't always helpful. But I do think there is some scope here for the law to consider whether some of these wider systemic issues, you know, the world's biggest challenges of preserving our natural environment might be areas which could be put on a statutory footing as relevant factors trustees could or should be thinking about. But as I say, you do have to be a bit careful of unintended consequences here.
And Elena, can you give us some examples of perhaps how pension schemes, institutional investors have helped to cut down on the problem of food waste? Absolutely. Uh, pension funds, as, as I mentioned before, have really a big opportunity in, in changing the game due to the size of the assets that they can allocate and the, the broad spectrum of the opportunities that they're facing. Um, this is related to, obviously, both the allocation of the capital and the development of the industrial or technological solutions. And, you know, by, by doing this allocation decisions, pension funds can really unlock the access to capital that helps the companies that develop the solutions to scale um, and to reduce the cost of capital. It is also significant as uh, pension funds as shareholders um, have a bigger and better chance of influencing the investees. And so my belief is actually the investment doesn't always end with just the allocation of capital, but there is an opportunity to um, help companies to integrate the sustainability factors in their business strategies and really pace and direct the product innovation through active engagements. There are different uh, alternative routes of uh, helping to eliminate food waste. Um, so, for example, in emerging markets, most wastage happens upstream. So during the agricultural activity and the uh, transport of the commodities, the soft commodities from an agricultural field into storage facilities. Um, so developing effective refrigeration equipment, for example, is absolutely essential. In developed world, food gets wasted at the final distribution point, um, so retail or food service industry, and at the consumer level. So investing in companies that help manage the supply chains downstream, or perhaps also companies that are innovating within the dietary preferences and product formulations, even companies within the packaging industry, all of this can really help to improve the food waste and, and um, really integrate new technologies in the way we manage the entire supply chain. And most importantly, I think that pension funds have um, the means and then the investment managers have the idea. So cooperation uh, between the, the pension funds and the investors that, that they're working with uh, can really make a big difference. And what kind of returns can institutional investors expect to make in this space? And what sort of time horizon are they looking at? So again, returns can vary by asset class and, and so do horizons. In public equity markets, it's important to remember that the focus on natural capital protection and harnessing can help really allocate towards attractive secular growth opportunities across different sectors and different um, innovation paths. So combining that with also a diligent investment process that kind of further looks at the financial aspects of the investments with um, looking for strong business fundamentals can really in aggregation give us confidence that a well-managed strategy can outperform the market by two or three percentage points on average, which is, of course, a considerable alpha opportunity. And because of the liquidity uh, within the public equity markets, this, this performance can be achieved perhaps quicker than in private or direct investments. But that, of course, doesn't mean that this investment shouldn't be directed for long term as, again, the, the transition towards the nature positive economy is something that is going to happen over the next decade or perhaps even longer. So I would definitely say that the investment horizon should, should be long, but um, the investment returns can really vary with really significant alpha opportunities. 
Stuart, the government has asked local government pension schemes to assist in its levelling up agenda and invest in domestic projects. So could we see schemes being pushed further to investing in areas like natural capital, cutting food waste, plastics, and, and how might we reconcile that with um, their fiduciary duties? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Indeed, it's already started uh, in terms of the government making various statements and publishing blogs and things, sort of encouraging that type of investment by by trustees. And I do think you have to be a bit careful here. The, the LGPS is a, is a special case and slightly different to private occupational pension schemes, um, which are essentially still private trusts. And I think when you look at some of those regulatory changes I was talking about earlier, the kind of changes to statements of investment principles and mandatory TCFD reporting, the government has always been at pains to say that they won't tell trustees how to invest. And I think it's, it's potentially a bit of a slippery slope if you do. But that said, you know, as, as Alina said, in many cases, you can, it's not too difficult to present strong arguments that companies that are valuing, protecting, restoring nature or having a positive impact on ecosystems that are going to be better long-term investment prospects from a fairly straightforward risk return perspective. So I think if the government, to my mind, if they want to drive investment towards better performing companies in, in that area, then I think the way to do that is to regulate that part of the investment chain, not try and push uh, trustees as investors to invest in a particular way, but to create a, a regulatory environment more broadly, which drives companies towards this sort of na nature positive economy that, uh, that Alina was talking about there, because that way you, you create the environment under which uh, those sort of better performing companies uh, in terms of natural capital are going to be better investment prospects and those that are having a degrading effect on the environment or, or natural capital won't be good investment prospects because the, they get regulated against or taxed or, or otherwise. So to my mind, that you, you should address it from that end of the investment spectrum rather than just trying to sort of cajole trustees to, to invest in, a, in, in the latest kind of uh, interest of the day. That's all we have time for. Thank you both. If you would like to read more about pension schemes and ESG, please visit our website at pensions-expert.com.